When you boil it down, the most precious commodity salespeople have is time. What are the 21st century innovations that will help them use more of their time to working with prospects and clients? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. Hey, Shift Shapers. Following on the heels of our highly successful Pitching from the Stage webinar series, Andy and I are really excited to announce the Major League Mindset 90-Day Live Online Mastermind. Starting January 8th, we're going to give you all of the tools you need to make 2020 the best year you've ever had. Stay tuned for more details later in the podcast. You know, we talk an awful lot about technology on the podcast and more in terms of tools that are directly in the selling process. And and yet a lot of those tools don't actually help advisors create more time in their day, work more effectively and more efficiently. And today with commission compression and with clients expecting an awful lot of things that you used to be able to charge for or that were value adds, they're now expecting them as table stakes. It's, it's ever more important to be operating in an effective and efficient manner. And so we asked Ryan Sokjan to come on the podcast. He's the co-founder at Watchtower to talk about some of the 21st century technologies and tools that are out there that can be helpful to advisors to make the most of their day and to spend more time client facing and selling facing. And with that, welcome, Ryan. Thanks, David. Pleasure being here. Thanks. And now I know that you believe that there's a fundamental need to update and elevate the way brokers and carriers alike work. And it's not just a, a broker issue. What's the problem? What's the scope of it? How do you guys see it? Yeah, it's a great question. The The problem is significant. <laughs> it's very broad. It extends, you know, pretty much throughout the entire sort of infrastructure of how it, sort of the employer-sponsored insurance brokerage and community work together. I think one of the big challenges that the industry has as a general statement is the level of sort of manual effort that's required. And it's largely due to the, if you sort of get into the root causes here, a a big piece of it is due to the level of customization that you see uh, companies have for their insurance programs, whether that be on the the medical side or uh, their dental, their vision, their life, their disability, all the way through. And I think it's caused a real problem in terms of scalability of process for a lot of the brokerage firms, even when the interest is is aligned in that effort, because this hyper-customization has caused a real issue of, well, how do you do that more effectively at a better pace. And so what we see in terms of the pathway forward is companies and entities and organizations that figure out how to operate at that sort of scale level while still maintaining that ability for their clients to maintain that high level of customization is really going to separate what we would think broker A from broker B and make them very successful. 
Well, and, and that's key, I think, because especially in today's market, the advisors who are have survived kind of the last few years and who are doing things in new ways, some of them call themselves next generation advisors, mm-hmm. are all about listening and customizing, which arguably they should always have been about. But you're right, it, it, does, it does create a problem. And, and you kind of match the every client is a snowflake thought process with the right. Holy cow, there's a zillion carriers with 4,892 different options. And heaven forbid you start self-funding or partially self-funding, then you bring in all of those other options. So how do you start balancing those? Where do you begin? So I think you have to begin by understanding, A, what could be optimized for, you know, for your firm. And let's just even remove technology for a moment in terms of how your teams are structured, what's the composition of of your associates. And we're seeing a lot of firms try to figure out how do I optimize for different outcomes. And really, at the end of the day here, the effort, in our opinion, as well as the opinion of brokers and carriers alike, is driving the best outcomes for employers and then by extension employees, right? This is all done well. Then employers are offering to their employees the best coverage, the most appropriate coverage for them to take care of them and their families. And what we see brokers doing, at least initially, is uh, trying to figure out alignment within their their own organization, which has been very key of driving a level of success, of specializing in different areas. And then looking for, once you've done that effectively, looking for the right technology solutions that fit their needs, right? And so they can be different if you're a firm and the primary proportion of your business are companies that are smaller, maybe under 100 lives. Boy, there's a lot of really interesting tech out there that is serving the SMB market. If you are conversely a firm that you tend to work mid to large market, your needs are different uh, in terms of what you're trying to optimize for and how you're trying to be more efficient in terms of putting together the more comprehensive programs for a mid to large customer. And so I think what firms, in, in my opinion, need to do is, is try to identify that first, structure themselves first, and then figure out what that technology solution should be to supplement it. Because at the end of the day, the solutions that they want to be using are the ones that allow for them to spend the most amount of their time advising, right? That is, that is the purpose, that is the utility to which they serve. That is what they're really good at. And so for them to be able to offload some of this other stuff and, and use technology to help leverage that, I think is a real, a real difference. And you're seeing a real shift in the market in a real investment and interrogation of these different offerings in the market. Are you finding now, especially over the last five, six, seven years, that advisors who never really thought, I mean, they thought workflow was dial more, sell more that they're now starting to actually look at, investigate, dissect, and diagram their workflows before they even get to talking to you? I think they're trying. I think they're trying. I think some are doing much better than others. I think they're feeling it too. They're feeling... We hear things like, we just can't get above... We're just underwater, right? We just can't come up for air because we're getting absolutely slammed here in the fourth quarter. You know, whether that for you as a firm is in September or you work on larger cases and that for you is in the firm is in August. And so for us, you know, what, what we need to make sure that we're aligning with in terms of the brokers is how they ultimately have that fit in for 
their organization. And I don't see it like a ton of putting pen to paper and doing lucid chart diagramming out in terms of the process, but I, I feel like they are investing some time and attention to it. And those that I think will be successful in the future are really devoting a fair amount of time and considering does a COE structure, a centers of excellence structure work for us in terms of a way in which we can be really efficient for this role or that role? Do we have a team structure where the the client team is also doing the marketing efforts or do we have a financial analyst team within? You're starting to see that happen more in the brokerage community. And I also see that that is accelerating as a result of the M&A activity that, that is obviously very active in the market right now because they're trying to acquire new firms and then as quickly as possible roll in their own systems and operations to make those firms that they just acquired that much more operationally efficient. Well, I mean, the, the joke used to be with some name brands that we won't name is that if you've seen one of their offices, you've seen one of their offices. And <laughs> you know, for a while, I guess that was great, but that's the antithesis of being able to scale. So, I mean, right, right. weird not to mention the fact that if you have a whole bunch of different offices telling different stories, different ways, it doesn't really lend much to be able to be able to market and extend your brand and do those kinds of, you know, basic blocking and tackling stuff. So right. once a firm has figured those things out, Where's the part in the workflow that they start thinking about automating? What's the biggest bang for the buck or the place that most advisors ask you about? Yeah, I mean, the pain points that we're hearing from them really correlate to helping solve their sort of their RFP problem. I have this obligation to my customer at some frequency of cadence, which typically is in a renewal cycle of, I need to go make sure that what we have in place with the current insurance carrier is the right fit, right? And so my core function at this moment is to make sure that is true. And that typically results in an RFP event and RFP activity for these firms. And for those that are working in sort of the, maybe the mid to larger space in terms of employer size, those become real projects. I mean, some of the, some of the stats that we've heard are, you know, 40 to 60 hours, you know, per, per RFP to just go through some of the, the steps of all of the pulling information together, packaging it up, sending it out to the market, going through Q and A loops with carriers, wrangling all the documents back, reading them, spreadsheeting them, going through the negotiation loops. And ultimately, when you think about, again, what is the key objective here? The key objective is, getting the best outcome for the employer possible, you're not driving and optimizing for that outcome by spending all of this time and energy on this manual process. And so where, where we have seen in our experience in the firms that we work with is that is a really big opportunity in terms of not only being more efficient, but then how do we use technology to leverage the use of information and data so that we can, again, focus on driving those better outcomes so we can find the best fits of carrier to client and we can make sure that pricing is fair and aligned and we can make sure that we've done a responsible job in terms of the level of detail of analysis to ensure that if a transition of carrier occurs, we're doing it with confidence. And so for us, we're hearing, we're hearing that very loudly as, as what brokers are, are trying to figure out a way to optimize because previous to having a technology solution, you sort of just had to staff up for it or maybe go full outsource and go down, you know, maybe a general agent route. And so that is what we're hearing most commonly and most loudly from the brokerage market. 
Andy and I are excited to let you know that enrollment in the Major League Mindset 90-Day Online Mastermind is now open. What is it? And why are we doing it? I'll let Andy answer. Well, if you are an insurance advisor or a partner of the industry, you face a lot of noise today. You're a commodity. We all are. But to win out in today's market, you have got to stand out. But here's your problem. You don't have a clear message that's directed at your target audience. You don't have an effective marketing plan to get that message to your target audience. And you're letting your calendar control you. You're not setting effective goals. You're not planning to be productive every day and every week. If this sounds like some of the challenges you have, this mastermind's probably a fit for you because here's what we're going to work on. Starting January 8th and running to the end of the first quarter, we're going to help you make 2020 the best year you've ever had. We're going to make the first 90 days the best 90 you've ever had so the full 365 are the greatest you've ever had. It's like baseball. You want to score a run? You got to get the first 90 feet to first base first. That's what this is about because we're going to help you craft a clear message, a more concise message for your audience. We're going to help you create a simple but effective marketing plan to get your message out. And we're going to help you set good goals, reverse engineer the goals all the way down to what you need to be doing every day. And then we're going to work on your productivity every day and every week. As you can tell, we're pretty excited about this mastermind and how it can help you shape your 2020 into the best year ever. To schedule a quick call to learn more and see if this Major League Mindset 90-Day Mastermind is a right fit for you, click on our logo at shiftshapersonline.com or go directly to bit.ly, that's B-I-T forward slash Major 2020. Well, and not too many years ago when the compensation model was quite different than it is today, it was okay to be effective and not efficient, but right, today right. you really have to be able to do both. And and to your 60 hours, I mean, I, my guess is that that's probably an understatement. I am a longtime filler outer of and hater of RFPs. And a lot of the times, you know, if, if you're filling out an RFP, let's say it's a piece of business you don't have, but that you're going after. If you're filling out an RFP, you have to wonder, is the RFP biased? Is it stacked so that it's really built for one brokerage firm versus another. And then you're going to first plug in 60, 70, 80 hours to hope that maybe on the back end, you get this piece of business. And so when you start dividing the number of RFPs to which you respond by the ones you receive, the cost per RFP just goes through the roof. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And whether it's in the context of you as a brokerage firm responding to a client RFP or you as a brokerage firm going through and producing an RFP out to the carrier market, it is a laborious process and it is not a high value return to the firm. And so we know that the those firms that optimize and minimize the amount of time that they're going through and spending on these very sort of labor intensive processes is is going to be a real challenge to continue for a long period of time. But if you're an advisory firm out there, what, whichever side of the RFP flow you're on, mm-hmm. how do you automate that? I mean, the carriers don't speak to one another. The carriers don't all speak to the advisors. The advisors have different systems. How is that done? How do, how do you get there? Yeah, and you know, you get there by trying to. In in our case, the you know the the firm that we're trying to build here at Watchtower, you know, we're trying to assist in that in providing and being the supplier of the technology to help facilitate. And for us, we very much believe in this notion of enablement because we believe very deeply that there is a there is a real tremendous value that that advisor provides 
to that employer client. The challenge is, like you said, you don't have necessarily the revenue to be uh, as loose with hours spent as you maybe could 10 or 15 years ago. And so uh, what I think those firms need to do is figure out what are those big impacts technology items that they can implement reasonably speaking within their firm that really help to drive those efficiencies. And that's that's a key and it's a very sort of North Star element that we have here is how do we help build technology that helps facilitate and be helpful to all of the parties? Because when that occurs, again, the outcome for the customer is improved. And at the end of the day, there is nothing that makes a broker, financial advisor, consultant, look better, feel better than when they're confident that what they're bringing to the customer is an improved outcome. And so it is really all about trying to find what is that fit for that firm. And that is what we are trying to build here. And there's, you know, whether that is on the RFP side or whether you're talking about technology on the enrollment side, there's a number of really, really cool solutions out there. And, and, that is what we're hoping we see the advancement of and are really starting to see that shift occur in a number of the firms that that we talk to at leadership levels. They know that this is happening. They know that this transition into more of a digital environment is going to occur and sort of the, the laying the pipe element right now so that these are all connected is something that a lot of different technology firms are trying to do right now. Well, and the other side of that challenge coin is equally valid. Um, There's a study not too long ago by the Industrial Performance Group that showed that most salespeople spend about 38% of their time actually selling. So yeah. let's argue the numbers, if you will, but, but you know, right. let, let's say that it's 40%. If you could get back half of the other 60% and spend it selling, right. what would that do to your bottom line? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is an industry that if you just look at the, the close rates, it's just, it's very low. And then you don't even, and for a minute, I had spent some time on the carrier side, that close ratio from carrier to broker is, you know, like five to 8%. Mm -hmm. And so it's unbelievably inefficient and unbelievably expensive. And if you could reharness that in a way where the focus is on sort of converting from, you know, proposal to opportunity in terms of what you're working on and where you're spending your time and attention, boy, everyone could be working way more effectively and the outcomes for them would be so much better too because you're closing more business, you're being more effective, you're spending more of your time consulting with your clients and less of your time running around trying to fix all the problems that happen when everything is done manually and by hand. Well, and, and you're also contracting the sales cycle, which is right. you know part of that equation as well. It's kind of a multiplier, isn't it? That's exactly correct. You know, and, and, you know, what happens here is when, when you're just treading water because you're trying to get through the current workflow as it exists, what suffers again is creativity in the market in terms of products and solutions because there just isn't the same amount of time and attention devoted to that. And so it will be interesting to see how that shifts as a new generation comes in and grows up in the workflow, in the workforce and what are the types of employee benefit programs that those individuals want as a generation of workers? And how does that compare and contrast to those that are getting closer to retirement? And when does that turnover shift occur? And those that are well positioned to be consultative and thoughtful in terms of product selection and offering during that process are the, are the ones that are going to be overwhelmingly successful. And the ones that are going to be really challenged are those that are not thinking about it through that lens of how do we think broader here about what are some of the 
tectonic shifts that are going to occur over the course of the next 10, 15, 20 years. Well, yeah. And, and you're also starting to populate agencies with digital natives who are looking at this kind of a manual process and look at you as though, you know, you're, you're making <laughs> right. blue smoke and a fire and conjuring spirits to give you numbers. It's, you know, <laughs> you're going to demand these kinds of systems, aren't they? Are you seeing any of that yet? I'm seeing it get much faster. I'm seeing there is a lot more urgency on actually the carrier side, because a a big issue here of what needs to happen is there needs to be some investment on the carrier side to help optimize for this outcome of having things be sort of shared and communicated in more of a digital environment. And I would bet that if you went to uh, the leadership conference of a number of these carriers, one of the pillars of the four pillars of, of success for 2020 will be something along the lines of digital fill in the blank. And that's good because now there's an incentive that is coming top down and there is alignment in terms of spending and investing some time and a resource to figure out how do we reshift and reshape our organization in a way to be to be poised for that sort of digital exchange of information. And so we're seeing that and some of the carriers that we have great relationships with are conveying that, that that is a real priority. And then I think that affords the opportunity on on the brokerage side to be able to go and execute on that. Because now you're talking about partners that are able to really change the game in terms of what is the service delivery to the client? What is the experience to the client? And thinking about this in a really new way so that those new generations of workers that are coming in, it meets their expectations because they've grown up in a digital world and it is archaic to, to them to, to think that you've got to fill out pieces of paper by hand and and you've got to scan and fax them in and, and all of that that has been the reality for a long time. It, it just won't be true in the next 10 years. And so those that uh, are well positioned to optimize for that digital environment are going to be the big winners. And you get the question, okay, I'm happy to do that. What's a fax? <laughs> exactly. You know it exactly. is. You know it is. <laughs> You've got about a minute left. Where do you see the future? Where do, you, where do you see things going? You you mentioned that you see the pace of this accelerating. What's next? What are we going to see? You know, I, I think what we're going to see is there's going to be a continuous shift here in the way in which employers think about offering benefits to their employees that are of high value. And I think you're going to see a real shift into a real focus in driving and pursuing better outcomes in whatever definition that means, whether that's all the way down to the employee level, whether that's at the employer level. And the ability for this industry to start actually being connected and not in just a facade way where people say they've got connectivity, but then it's a batch overnight process for them to get data from point A to point B, is going to be the sort of unlocking moment where you can now actually see information and you're going to be able to use data to be more predictive in terms of the type of insurance that a company might want to offer to their employees all the way down to the employee level. And so you actually just open the whole thing to how do you have this be a curated experience all the way down to the employee. And so once you start having things connected together, you can use that information in a way where it's just fundamentally different for the entire ecosystem. And I think that is what gets us really excited about it. Because once you do that, once you connect all these pieces together, you unlock this layer of thinking that 
is really, really sort of industry shifting. And then you have a just widespread opportunity of new carrier entrants potentially offering new types of products. You've got old carriers that are maybe now have an opportunity to really rethink and reshift what their book of business looks like. A broker can really focus on a curation so much different than they were before, where it's a, you're fully insured and you've got four options and we can play around through your deductibles. And maybe you want to go self-funded, but you're not comfortable with that. There isn't just a ton of things that they've historically been able to do in a realistic tactical way that they can execute on. And what we see as the future is once you start connecting these pieces together, you now have the data and information to really make these choices in a much more informed way based off of objective data that just doesn't exist in the benefits world that exists in a number of other industries. Well, as this evolves, we hope you'll come back and join us again and, and give us an update. Ryan Sokjan, co-founder at Watchtower. Ryan, thanks for being a shift shaper and for sharing your information with our audience. Thanks so much, David. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shapers Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.